I mean, which is, it sucks, but then also, I, it gave me the motivation to, to do it myself. Mm-hmm. So any anywhere that I've been since then has been because I've made it happen. Yeah. Um, which kind of is like, make, boost yourself up a little bit, like, yeah, you said I can go, I did go. Mm-hmm. However that is. Yeah. I usually use all my uh, income tax money and just book book everything as soon as I get my income tax check. Yeah. <laughs> I don't buy no shoes, no clothes. The first thing I do is buy, buy a plane ticket and then um, like an Airbnb or something. Mm-hmm. Where so. have you been so far? Um, I've been to Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Cuba. Um, London, obviously. I just went to Amsterdam for okay. uh, 420. That's so funny. I also went to. It was an amazing time. I bet it was. Hello, hello. Welcome to Young, Gifted, and Abroad Perspectives on Studying Abroad from Past and Present Students of Color. My name is Danielle, and I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today because today I have someone who is in the midst of her study abroad experience as we speak. Um, My friend Hope, I met her when we were both undergraduate students and um, her initial foray into international travel was derailed at that time by no fault of her own. Um, But that just emboldened her all the more to go out and see more of the world on her own initiative. And eventually that led her to where she is now, which is in film school in London. Um, She just moved there in January, um, and so we're going to talk about the kind of bewildering journey that led her to this point. Um, Also going to talk a lot about soul searching, especially in relation to um, goals and moving on to different phases in life. And also talking about Hope as an artist. She's an artist of um, numerous disciplines, and um, she's going to talk a little bit about, you know, how she identifies, how she expresses herself through her artistry. Um, So it's chock full of goodness this time around. So I really hope that you enjoy it. Um, So with that said, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with my friend, Hope Robinson. What is it called, John? Oh, never mind. My, um, what is it called? Washer machine is loud as hell. Oh, okay. Um, I can't hear anything. I could hear something just now that sounded almost like a plane or a rocket or something. Yeah. I'm not sure what it was. <laughs> washing machine. Yeah. Oh, that is a washing machine. Okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it gets really noisy. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Huh? How you doing? I'm all right. I'm good now that I uh, get to see you and talk to you. How have, I mean, how are you? You just moved in. Did you move in January or did you move uh, end of last year? I moved in January. Okay. Wow. Six months. That's wild. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. It feels like yesterday, but it's been six months. Yeah. Wow. How are you? What are you, what is this? You just started this? What's going on? So give me the details. Oh, yeah. So the podcast is called Young, Gifted, and Abroad. Um, and so each episode, I interview a different person just talking about study abroad experiences that they've had. Yeah. Um, a long time ago, I had the idea when I first studied abroad, like, oh, this is so cool. I wish more people like me had this chance. 
So at first I thought like, ooh, maybe I could start a scholarship fund, but I don't have money like that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, and then recently, I don't know, I just needed something different, something new, because I was just real frustrated with the things that were going on. And um, I was like, well, why don't I try uh, starting a podcast? Because I listen to them like all day, every day at, at my desk and stuff. So I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a try. And this was kind of like the thing that made the most sense to me to make a podcast about. That's dope. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Just launched on Juneteenth. So I have two episodes out and then I have another one coming on Tuesday. I'm putting right. them out every Tuesday. And Is it so, on? Yeah. Where are huh? you putting it at? Is it on um, Apple? It's just on SoundCloud for now, but I definitely want to expand to other outlets because I know there are a lot of different ways where people, you know, get their podcasts from. So For yeah. sure. Yeah. I'll look it up once we're done. Yeah. Are you braiding your hair? <laughs> I'm unbraiding it. Ah, taking it down. Okay. Yeah. I got to braid it later, but I have this one piece that's driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. I yeah. promise I can, I can braid and braid and talk. Oh, no. I was just curious <laughs> about what you were doing. <laughs> okay. Well, um, thank you for taking the time. I know like we had some issues coordinating our schedules, and you have a lot going on, too. And I'm glad we finally got to get together. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's fine. Things happen. It's fine. (laughs) So um, first starters, why don't we start with you um, introducing yourself for people who don't know you or who aren't familiar with your work. Go ahead and say whatever it is you want people to know about you. Hmm, Who am I? (laughs) Um, Well, my name is Hope Robinson. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Everybody, um, I am originally a performing artist, a person who loves to dance and act to perform, and recently mm-hmm. got into um, an interest of working behind the camera um, as a filmmaker. And so, right now, I'm on um, a journey to explore what that means and what that looks like for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I want to be a director or a cinematographer. Not sure of what or what that looks like, but I, I think I'm interested in working beyond the camera for a while. Yeah. That's dope. So you're from Detroit. Yeah, girl. Spent some time in Lo- in L.A., and you're now yeah. in film school in London, right? Yeah, girl. Yeah. What a journey. <laughs> You know, I, I, I realized, like, I used to have, like, well, I still have, like, big superstar goals. Mm-hmm. But I was like, if, if if none of that ever comes true, the very least I want to say is that I've I've had a journey of a life. Yeah. So I was like, whether that means just traveling and living in different places, then I'm fine with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, from outside looking in, it seems like you've already done a whole lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I ain't do nothing yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that way too. But uh, no, you're definitely, you know, inspiring to me at least to see you from you to go to see you going from place to place, and now you're doing something that's kind of like it might. Well, I don't know. I guess you could tell me how people reacted. It might seem kind of out of left field for people who don't know about like what your aspirations were for for you to go from like you know, being a dancer and working, you were working in education in LA, right? And to go from that to uh, film school, potentially yeah. being a director, it kind of seems random, but 
I mean, that's probably something that was on your mind for a really long time, right? Well, so I moved to LA initially um, through a program called City Year. You know what City Year is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I did City Year. That kind of got me to LA. But the, the goal was to go to LA and start my aspirations to be um, a model, singer, dancer, actor, girl. Like I mm-hmm. was trying to go there to set out on that. And it was so big of a goal, but with no guidance. Um, and no understanding of how it all works, as well as um, a place with a completely different atmosphere. I'm used mm-hmm. to like Detroit where everybody want to be real and that's the most important thing to yeah. like <laughs> LA where it's completely superficial and everyone's trying to get in the industry and everyone wants to look good and be good and pretend to be people that they weren't. And mm-hmm. so um, while working, I was thinking and trying to figure out how to tap into the industry. And I just really didn't know how to um, as a performer. And I mm-hmm. was actually losing my interest because of how superficial all of it was in order just to even start to put your foot in the door. Yeah. So then I went through this whole girl emotional breakdown, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, what I wanted my life to look like. And thankfully, in the midst of that, I had a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it was it was actually less in education and more so in, um, like, how do you describe it? Like social services. I was kind of like, um, like a, a mentor, youth advocate is what my title was called. Oh, okay. So I was working with at-risk, quote-unquote, at-risk kids in the hood. Um, and trying to keep them out of gangs through a program in Los Angeles. And while that was fine and dandy and it was cool, I just wasn't where my heart was. Mm-hmm. And especially working in that demographic day in and day out, the work carried, carried you all into the weekend and late hours. I was just getting extremely depressed um, and extremely sad because I've always felt like I've had a life that was supposed to be grand and mm-hmm. you know do all these amazing things and I just felt like I was kind of playing small yeah so I was like well if I can't be you know can't work my way up to being a star or a Halle Berry let me figure out how I can make my own thing you know mm-hmm. so I've always been a big fan of Issa Rae from um the misadventures of an awkward black girl yep um, so I was like, and I met Issa Rae when I first moved to California, and I was just like, let really? me check out, yeah, at a at a Starbucks randomly, <laughs> and I was like, let me figure out how I can kind of create my own, um, you know, my own TV show or or project of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I start working with some students um, on some student films in Los Angeles at uh, USC, and did that and kept doing it. I'm like, I can get used to this. This is pretty fine. Um, and so then I just ended up applying for school and got in. Don't know how. <laughs> I had to create a project. And I guess, I, you know, me starting to work on student films showed that I was interested. And I guess he saw some potential in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they enrolled me into the school. Wow. Now, yeah. when you say you got started working on student films, did you already know people at USC? Or how did how did you get started doing that? Yeah, so um, one of the guys at my job had friends who worked there or who went to school there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just through connection, just telling people. And I think that's the most important part, too, is saying out loud what you want to do so people can hear you mm-hmm. so that you can open yourself up to connection. 
Right, right. Um, so it's just someone at work was like, yo, I know somebody who who's in film school there. I can connect you with her. And then I just followed up on it, and then that's how it happened. Wow. wow. But it was a long journey, girl. I mean, <laughs> I was in L.A. for four years. It took the last two years of me being there to, like, get started on it and yeah. see through. Um, so it definitely was not a walk in the park. It was crazy. Right. You had to find your way. Girl, and it's a whole emotional journey, too. It's not, we think it's just hustle, 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 hustle. You just got to hustle. You got to work. It's like, no, you have to do a lot of personal work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And you, um, so, because I remember you writing about it on Facebook, but I don't actually remember how it how it went. Did you actually apply to the school that you're in now, or did they kind of just seek you out and then... No, okay. No, not at all, girl. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I, um, I initially applied for USC and uh-huh. NYU and London Film School. Okay. London Film School was like a far out idea. I was like, I always wanted to go to London. Let me apply for London Film School. But in no way did I think it would turn into anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't get accepted to USC. I got an interview at NYU and bombed that. And uh, randomly, they hit me up, like, with the two or three months before I needed to move. Mm-hmm. And had an interview, and it worked out. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you only had two or three months to kind of uproot your life. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Girl. But it's one of the things where it was like, I was praying. I'm like, Lord, please take me out of my situation, out of my situation. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And God slapped me in the face with the answer. And so my, it's easy for me to jump and make big moves like that. So that part wasn't hard. It was just <laughs> actually doing all the steps to get there. Because you spend right. so much time and energy asking and pleading with God to give you something. So then when you get it, it's like before I have any doubts, before I can think about excuses, why not to go? Let me just hurry up and move on it. Yeah. Um, and so it took it took a lot of energy and work to pack my life up and get situated. But I just cut my head down and kept digging and mm-hmm. got it done. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's uh, that can be the scary part for anybody is like you really want something, but then. Um, you know, when you finally get it, are you actually gonna like? Do you really want it as much as you said you said you wanted it? And yeah. if it were to appear right in front of you, would you actually take it, or would you talk yourself out of it? And it can be hard to to just um like to just jump on it, like you said. But that's really good that you didn't um. You know, this was kind of like, as far as film school went, this was the, the option that was presented to you, and you took it, and that's where you are now, you know? That's awesome. I think, <laughs> I think, you know, what it took for me was to be confronted with the reality that that I was living in. Mm-hmm. And I realized, like, every day I was getting so frustrated with the life that I had, and obviously there's the obvious things right well why don't you just go join a dance class why you don't go do this and it's like it's even it became work just to pursue the things i just genuinely enjoyed because mm-hmm. i was in this position that i didn't like so much and so an opportunity where 
I was able to be guided through a new interest like school. I always said I wasn't going to go back to school, but it was like <laughs> going back to school to study film in another place, you know, and it's an opportunity to start something completely fresh. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, I, I realized that if I wasn't happy, it was because of me. It's because I didn't take the opportunity mm. and I couldn't, I couldn't let that go by I wouldn't yeah. be I would blame it on myself at that point and at that point I felt like I wouldn't have a right to say I wasn't happy or pissed off because I chose not to do it yeah you didn't want yeah. to hold yourself back yeah. you know, having the life that you wanted yeah. so yeah that makes sense it, I mean it's hard for most people to do which I which is why I feel like most people at some point in their lives or even for an extended duration in their lives, they feel really frustrated, but they're kind of stuck, you know? Yeah. And so that's why we, it's inspiring to see people like you who find a way to get unstuck. Not to say that you've gotten to where you want to be in life yet, but you're, you know, you, you're on your way to something new. Like you're already in something new and you're on your way to, you know, something better. Maybe you can't see exactly right now what that looks like, but at least you're on a different path. And that is what you wanted for a really long time. Yeah, I think um, what one thing that motivated me was my mom, mm-hmm. because my mom has such this radiant spirit um, about her, but she got stuck, and she got stuck for so many reasons, a lot mm-hmm. of reasons that she couldn't even control. Yeah, and I just look at her and seeing her every day that she just has this part of her that's unhappy because she wasn't able to go for it. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like it would be in vain for me to live that same life when I have the chances to not live it. And then also when I don't have the same barriers that she had to then just settle on being stuck, mm-hmm. you know, so it's yeah. part, partially it's like what you also what you want, but then also motivators around you that kind of help propel you to do things that you might be timid or afraid of. For sure, for sure. Do, and do you feel like she's been supportive of you? Like, even just like moving to LA or being in London now, do you feel like she's been really supportive of all these different challenges and all these different spaces you've decided to be in? Yeah, definitely. Because again, it's, it's a situation where it's, she couldn't do it. So she wants me to take every opportunity I can. Yeah. Jump for it. Yeah. That's so really and that's like a really uh, big part because support from your family is 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 crucial or friends or someone you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank God I don't have her in my ear asking me about kids. You know, <laughs> so many parents is asking about kids. And stuff. She didn't ask me one time. She she asking me is you wrapping it up? I'm like yes, Mama, please. <laughs> She'd be so disappointed if I had a child right now. And and, oh, thank, and I'm so thankful that that's where she is. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, a lot of people have those, those those pressures from their families to have kids and I don't have any of them, thank God. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> oh my, okay. So I want to ask you like so many things about film school. But before we get to that, I kind of want to backtrack and take you back to undergrad, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. So you... You're from Detroit. You went to MSU. Yep. And um, what were your majors there at MSU? Um, public affairs. It was it was specifically called social relations and policy. Mm-hmm. But the short is basically public affairs. Okay. Um, yeah. And you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
it's like public affairs and political science all in one. So it's social justice studies, basically, okay. and policy. Yeah, and you were in James Madison, right? That's where we met, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And did, didn't you go on to do uh, Emerald too? Hmm? Did you do Emerald? Emerald? No, no. I remember you were trying to get me to do that. Um, mm. So for anyone who's listening who's not familiar, Michigan State University, they have like traditional RAs, and then they also have this other position um, called, um, what do they call it? Emerald? No, no, no. You're called something. Oh, uh, OCAT aides. Yes, OCAT aides. OK, yes. So um, and so the OCAT aides, what they do, they also they like RA. So you have one on each floor, one on each section of the floor if you're in a really big building. And so um, they're they are there to um, enhance like cultural understanding um, and, you know, create dialogue between people of different backgrounds and the like. Um, and that's what you did, right? You did that for how many years? Two years. Two years, yeah. I, I had... Huh? Two or two and a half years. Yeah. And then you also do meetings, right? Like you would court or invite people to Emerald meetings, correct? Yeah. So I, I was a part of the beginning of a new project, which was... I came in just as an OCAT aide for the first part. Mm-hmm. And then Emerald, which is multicultural living experience, multicultural unity living experience. Mm-hmm. Um, they started the experience because they do the meetings every week yeah. where they put um, students from all over the world into this one area and they talk about what it means to be from where you're from and basically you're trying to create a, mm-hmm. um, a safe place for people to talk and get to know each other and break down these barriers and misconceptions about people. Yeah. Um, and I became an OCAT and Emerald um, aide, I guess, where they were bridging the two programs together to create one whole program mm, where okay. we, did the, we did the duties of an OCAT aide, but then also did Emerald work. Okay, see, I didn't so know that was new at the time. I thought it was always like that. No, so there were, before, before my year, there were just Emerald AIDS and they just held programs. Okay. But then once I started um, doing it, they started doing Emerald Live-Ins mm, where okay. um, the Emerald program had students live in and they didn't, they paid for their um, room and board. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And did you enjoy doing that? Oh yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. I've always really loved um, diversity. I've just always, I've always been intrigued by different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always trying to find ways to meet people who had different lives than I. Um, like, where are you from? Oh, you had an accent. Where are your accent from? Where you from? <laughs> Who's your daddy? You look mixed. What you mixed with? What is it like? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I'm I'm trying to figure out all your background and understand why you are the way you are, how you get there. Um, so it was it was a cool way for me to get to know people and understand Mm -hmm. people's backgrounds but then also help others understand backgrounds of people who they would never speak to and meet which I think was cool yeah so I thoroughly enjoyed it and I didn't have to pay for room and board so I was super hyped right that's a plus yeah yeah I personally decided not 
not to go for that position, but the P I, I ended up knowing quite a few people who did it, and y'all always seem like really just like well-rounded and open-minded people. Uh, and I'm sure there was like stress involved, but it was kind of your job to create connections between people. And so when I saw like friends or people I knew who were OCAD, it was like, I don't know. They kind of just, it kind of just became part of them to where they were like, they tended to be more open and tended to be like, uh, like invite people in, I guess, you know. And this, why didn't you do it? Why didn't you want to do it? You would have been so good oh, for it. I th <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember at the time, I think because, oh, okay, I remember. I think because I was so closed off, I think I am still to a certain extent. But at the time I was so closed off and was focused only on my studies and it would have been my job to have to like interact with people. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, you, you kind of have to compromise your schedule a little bit based on whatever your duties are at the time. I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that. So then I just did it. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it would be more work. It's work on top of work, having mm -hmm. to work to break through your shell and this thing. That's a, something you have to do for yourself and yeah. the job has obligations and mm -hmm. you have an obligation to study. So I can understand that. Yeah. But I did appreciate Cause I think you were the main one who was telling me, Oh no, you should do, you should totally apply. Like, and then I just ended up not doing it, but I still appreciate how like supportive you were and how, you know, excited you were. It wasn't just a thing where, okay, I kind of hate this job, but if you want a job, you can try this. It was like, no, this is like really cool. And I want you to do it too. If, that's what you're interested in. So yeah. yeah, I really appreciated that. I yeah. feel like we spent some time together and I thought it was okay. Did you come to the did you come to the Emerald meetings or I don't when did we see each other? It was I don't know. We kept crossing paths and I can't remember why other than happening happening to be in Case Hall for James yeah. Madison all the time. But maybe BSA was part of it too. Did you stay in Case Hall four years? No, I was in Case Hall the first year, and then I was in Wells the other three years. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Were you in Were you in Case the whole time? No, I did Case, and then I did, and then I got put in Wells Hall mm -hmm. when I did, because I did a half year off of campus my sophomore year, mm -hmm. and then I got OCAT, and so then I did OCAT in, in Wilson. Not Wells. Okay. In Wilson Hall. And then I got moved to Hubbard Hall. I don't remember. I eventually ended up back in Hubbard Hall my senior year. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you were kind of like, <laughs> those are two opposite sides of campus, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was off of campus for a year and a half, and then I <laughs> back in Wilson, and then Hubbard. I was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's good though, because it helps feel helps MSU feel a lot smaller. Because I think after the, it feels big, but then I feel like after the first year, it didn't feel that big at all. And then by the time you're ready to graduate, and people come and they're like, "Oh, MSU is so big," or they look at the map and it's like, "Oh my gosh, so huge!" Or so much here, and I'm like, "Is it?" Uh, like, <laughs> I feel like the black the black community at MSU is so close knit too. Like yeah. everyone, if you even if you don't talk to people, you know them by their face, mm -hmm. and so For that sure. helps. I miss yeah. undergrad, all the probates and all the wild stuff. It was just fun.
Mm-hmm. I dreaded it while I was there. Though. I hated it. And I'm one of those people. I hate everything until it's over, and then I'm like, "Oh my god, I wish I." <laughs> you hated being in school, or like, what did you hate about it? Um, just probably school. Yeah, just school. Socializing was fun. I, I made sure I was like a part of a lot of things, so I, mm-hmm. that was fun. Um, but just school, just because yeah. it's school, you know. Yeah. But in yeah. retrospect, you know, you love it. Mm-hmm. Did you like Yeah, I did. I it was my last choice, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, long story short, yes, I did end up really enjoying MSU, even though it wasn't where I wanted to be at first. It ended up being the place that I needed to be at. You know, yeah. that's because, how life works, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how life works. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't regret it at all. Not at all. Um. I'm sorry. I feel like I've been talking, and it's not even. It's supposed to be about you. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's all right. That's the part of dialogue I enjoy. Yeah. I talk unless I get to know you too. You know. Right. Right. What was your major in, James Madison? Oh yeah, uh, I was comparative cultures and politics. Okay. Yeah. That's what I did, and uh, no, I think overall, I wouldn't say I'm not one of those people who will say, oh. College is the best time of your life. Like I'm not one of those people, <laughs> but I do think it was um, transformative in a way. I feel like I learned a lot and grew a lot and got to have all these experiences. So it was definitely vital. Um, I would hope to think that, like, I don't know, saying that college is the best years of your life. It's just like, okay, well then, after that, what do you have to look forward to? You yeah, know. So I'm not one of those people who thinks like that, but. Yeah. You know, I can understand. I can understand being at MSU, especially people, especially if you're out there, you're wilding out, you're having all these experiences. You're just, you know, just like really taking it all in and going big and everything. I can see how you can say, "Oh, it was the best time," but you know, yeah, it, I feel I, like that's too early for you to have the best time of your life. I just feel like that's too early. My slogan for college would be, "It is what you make it." Mm-hmm. Because I've had some really amazing times at school, but the best times of my entire life, I I, I don't know. Yeah. So I agree with Same. you. Same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my my entire point of, of taking taking it back to MSU is not to talk about me, but to ask you about um, the study abroad you did while you were um, an undergraduate student. I actually did um, zero study abroad. I thought you did. No, girl, I tried to study abroad in New Zealand and it completely failed. Oh my gosh. Because I had my head. Okay, well, what, then what, how did it fail? Like, what happened? Because there's no, it frustrates me so much, right? Mm-hmm. Because they say it's an amazing opportunity and there's all this money and you can go. Actually, it was supposed to do two. I was supposed to do Costa Rica and I was also supposed to, supposed to do a New Zealand one. Mm-hmm. I went into the office office for um new zealand and before i even in my very first meeting with them they were like um if you don't have the money to go you can't go and they looked it up yeah like completely shot down my idea because one i'm not for money and two i don't know any better they told me i don't have the money i can't go it's not in my package i walked out the door and i was just like oh okay like Wow. Yeah, like I walked into the office and they're like, oh, you're supposed to have this, 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 and you can't go. 
Like it was not welcoming at all. Was it one of those? Was it like a set program that you could sign up for? Or was it something that you like? You would almost have to design your own program. Like what was no, it that you were trying to program? Yeah, I tried to do it. There was some James Madison ones that I wanted to. Oh, I didn't want to do any of the James Madison ones. Mm -hmm. But there were like, um, they were the summer break ones or the winter break ones or like the two week ones where you go and help out something. There was a couple yeah. ones I showed interested. Um, I think the New Zealand program was to get your science credits. Oh, okay. And so I went in, I scheduled a meeting. I thought I was doing the right thing and sat down with someone and they were explaining how it worked and basically told me I didn't have the money to go. And so mm -hmm. I just walked out of that one. And then- Is that the person still employed? Right? <laughs> and look, he, well, one of the OCAT eights, he tried to do, um, he started to try to do a, a study abroad program, which he did. Mm -hmm. But by the time that was around, I, I was already like not trying to go anymore. Okay. Um, but OCAT needs to have a, a OCAT representative in the study abroad office mm -hmm. so they can talk to kids who never have done study abroad so they know there are possibi possibilities. There's loans. There's other ways you can get there. And then the second time I was supposed to go, we did all the paperwork. Like we were, we I was trying to work it out as best I knew how to, but there is no advisor who was like taking me through the steps. Mm -hmm. So I ended up not going, but I, I did the financial aid. I did everything, you know, but I was doing it by myself. So I yeah. didn't understand it. So I never went. I'm sorry, Hope. I know, I'm I was so, so mad. Kidding. You studied I, abroad? I did, I did. I went to Japan for a summer, and then I went to France for a summer. Right. I was studying both both of those languages at the time. So oh, I mean, still up. still am, but not like in class or anything, you know. Yeah. Um, dang it! I could have sworn you did because I feel like just with like what you were up to at MSU, you would have been the perfect person to go. And you just had these obstacles with people not supporting you or misleading you. That's so unfair. It was so unfair. And I wanted to go, and I'm saying that I'm the person that's so interested in culture and things mm -hmm. like that. I wanted to go so badly. Yeah. And my mom, I'm first generation. Mm -hmm. So I'm calling my mom and she's like, what? Well, I, I mean, if they said you can't go, you can't go, I guess. Like she didn't know what questions to ask Yeah. or, you know, how to fight someone telling me I couldn't do something because she's never experienced it. Right. Were so you, the first, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna ask. You have siblings, right? Yes. You, but were you the first out of your entire family to go, or no to, to college, or I had two older brothers who went. Okay, but so all I, of you, all of you were like the first generation of people in your family yeah. to go. Okay, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my two older brothers went first, and then there was me, and then my little brother and sister went. And I have one sibling who who never went to college. Okay. Um, but yeah, we were first generation, but neither of our parents went to college. My step siblings, mom went to college, mm -hmm. so they were not first generation, but my mom's kids were first generation. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So even she, I'm sure she would have wanted to help you, but there, if you haven't gone through it, there are certain things you just won't know. And it's not your fault. It's just that you haven't had that experience yet. You know? Yeah. Wow. I'm so sorry. So the only time the, I mean, which is, it sucks, but then also, I, it gave me the motivation to, to do it myself. Mm -hmm. So any anywhere that I've been since then has been because I've made it happen. Yeah. Um, which kind of is like make, boost yourself up a little bit. Like, yeah, 
You said I can't go. I did go. Mm-hmm. However, that is. Yeah. I usually use all my uh, income tax money and just book book everything as soon as I get my income tax check. Yeah. <laughs> Don't buy no shoes, no clothes. The first thing I do is buy a, buy a plane ticket and then um, like an Airbnb or something. Mm-hmm. Where so. have you been so far? Um, I've been to Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Cuba. Um, London, obviously. I just went to Amsterdam for uh, 420. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) It was an amazing time. I bet it was. (laughs) I've been to uh, South Africa this Mm -hmm. past December for um, Afropunk. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was great. How was that? I didn't even know they had Afropunk in South Africa. That was the first year they did it. Oh, okay. You know, I'm trying to prophesize over my life. I've been a a part of my whole life, like, groups that have been the first to do it. Like, my my fourth grade class was the first class to have split into two because we were so big. Mm -hmm. My class in London is, like, one of the first classes of its size. Wow. Hopefully this means something for me, girl. Yeah. Hopefully I can get somewhere. Do you know Oprah's the first black woman on like the the Forbes top? I feel like five hundred million dollar people or something. She's the first black woman to do it. I mean, I believe it because it's like who's richer than Oprah? Okay, right. So the crazy thing is that she's only like four fifty three, which is crazy. I'm Mm -hmm. like she's four hundred out of five hundred. Who's number one? The Amazon Prime man is. (laughs) <laughs> right or like super yeah. rich families that nobody knows about right yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> wealth disparities yeah yeah <laughs> oh man man but okay so you you despite not being able to go in college you still managed to travel which i think sure. is really good to yeah. decide to- um and now you're in london how was, had you been to London before? No. Wow, okay. And you didn't like, well, you probably didn't have time to go and visit and then come back before you moved, right? Mm-mm. So when you moved, that was your first time stepping into stepping yeah. into the UK. Yeah. But then also in LA, I had never been to Los Angeles before and I just jumped. I think, it, I think it's cool when you just jump and figure it out once you get there. Mm. It's like intimidating and, and it helps that they speak English. It's not like I... I jumped to Japan. Right. You know, <laughs> crazy. I, I probably would never just pick up and move to a place where I can't speak the language. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, London wasn't that scary okay. of a jump because at least they spoke English. You know, I can at least yeah. you know communicate. Yeah, that was so interesting because um, I went to London once. I went for a weekend while I was studying abroad in France. And I had been so used to seeing everything in French for a long time and trying not to speak in English in public and all this stuff and just trying to immerse myself as much as possible. I got on that train and I, you know, got to London, got off the train and it was like all of a sudden it was almost like someone had had their hand over my ears for two months. And then I got to London and all of a sudden I can understand everything. Yeah. I can <laughs> I can talk to people. Right. <laughs> it was like, like, oh yeah, yeah, this is 
this is the language I already speak. Like I have, I've never been here before, but I can understand everything. <laughs> yeah. It's English is like a crutch. Like if yeah. you know it, you're in, I hear that my friends uh, lived in Bali for six months, mm -hmm. Southeast Asia for six months. And they were just saying how, you know, English is such a universal language that pretty much anywhere you go, you can be safe. Yeah. But that's that's still a big leap from like I, like going to Japan or, Fran mm -hmm. or France and then coming to London. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I mean, it's, I'm sure it was, um, sounds like it was still plenty new to you. Did you know anybody or have any friends in London before you? No. You know anything, I, had a, I had a friend who lived here before. Mm -hmm. And I had friends who had friends who lived here, um, but still haven't even met those people. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's such a busy place and everyone has a million and one things to do. So trying to find time to link with people was difficult. Yeah. But then also, it's, I keep saying this and I scream it to the mountaintops, that it's, it's so different being African-American mm -hmm. and being um British like black British or African British. I don't even know if they say yeah. that. How so I've always wondered about this, but um like you would know firsthand. So like what what differences do you notice between the two? I think the major difference and it's a difference that doesn't seem like it has a lot to play into social socializing. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like it actually does. They they have an understanding of where they come from. Mm. Oh, yeah, because they have their own countries or they know yeah. where their parents come from. Right. Yeah. So they have that identity. And so there is not one collective black identity in London. Mm. It's I'm black, but I'm Nigerian. I'm black, but I'm Jamaican. I'm yeah. black, but I'm from, you know, wherever else. And so there's not a central black identity or uh, place to tap into. And then mm -hmm. it, and generally black people are everywhere. As soon as I got here, I'm like, yo, where the black clubs? Where, mm -hmm. where the black right. clubs? Like, right. I just need to get in touch. Yeah, I know it's out there. I just need to find it. <laughs> right. And they're like, no, we hang out everywhere. I'm like, everywhere? There's not one place where black people all are always at? No, mm -hmm. we're everywhere. And I would ask everyone I met that same question and everyone would give me the same answer. Mm. And so you, I just want to go in and step in and meet people and hang out and things, but it's like, you just, there's, it's not a collective identity and it's not a collective community, at least that I have found yet, mm -hmm. um, that I've been able to tap into. So meeting friends and, and, and making new friends have been so difficult. Yeah. So socializing has been really difficult. Everybody in my school, I'm actually the only black girl in my school. Mm. And I think I'm um, one of the black girls who have one of the lower, or one of the people in my school who have lower economic status, mm. to put it nicely. Yeah. I think everybody else comes from a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I'm an American, I'm a black girl American, and I'm not from money. So the things that we have interest in and can talk about are um, few and far between, mm -hmm. unless we took the time out to actually get to know each other and dig deep. And within the constructs of the program, it's hard to take that time to get to know people on a deeper level. 
unless yeah. you spent the time rallying around topics that you have an interest in. Yeah. But because I'm so different, we don't. Yeah. You don't have to collaborate with each other. For, I mean, I don't know how film school works. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. We do collaborate <laughs> with each other a lot. Um, it's it just, it's, it's always about school or film. Oh, okay. I feel so, that yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. yeah, I spend a lot of time trying to dig and figure people out and talk about life and things like that. But it seems like if I'm not doing it, others don't do it. Mm -hmm. But London is also a place where everyone is very polite and to themselves. So it's not um, that's an American thing where people are open and wanting to talk about things. Mm -hmm. The culture here is everyone's quiet and to themselves. And if you make the effort to talk to them, they open up and they're you know happy and want to discuss but if you have to make the effort for it to happen right. yeah so um it's been cool i just i don't really like surface level conversations nor relationships mm -hmm. so i get tired of the day in and day out talking about things that we don't really care about just yeah. to make small talk well if it's any consolation it's only been like six months right and how long are you gonna, how long is your program? So the program runs for two years. The program is split up into six terms. Okay. So it's supposed to be uh, two years. But then after your sixth term, you have to make a final project. Um, and with that final project, the final film, Americans, if you're on financial aid, aren't allowed to go back to the States to make it for whatever reason. So if you're on financial aid and you're from the States, you have to make your film in London. So that okay. means for me that I'll probably be here for two and a half years, maybe three. Mm, okay. Yeah. And um, I know you said it's kind of hard making friends or socializing beyond the surface level, but would you say that you enjoy living in London so far? Or? That's the thing is like, it was so easy to socialize in LA, but I mm -hmm. didn't like LA. I love it now, but I hated it while I was there. <laughs> um, but here, I love London so much, even mm -hmm. though it's extremely hard to socialize. Yeah, like I love it beyond even being being able to to. Wait, what did you say? I didn't catch what you just said. I was you love it beyond. I love it. I love it despite not being able to make connections okay. really fast. Um, I have met a couple people. Like I went to a Sango, and that's the amazing thing about moving to a country by yourself. You're forced to get outside of yourself to meet people, mm -hmm. um, which was fine for me because I love doing things by myself. Um, but I went to, I don't know if you know who Sango is. No. It's, oh, you have to listen to Sango. He takes like, Afro-Brazilian beats and mm -hmm. hip hop and mixes them mixes it together. You okay. know what selection is? No. <laughs> oh, girl, I'm about to send you a playlist. Yes, please open my horizons, please. Girl, um, <laughs> I think you would like it too. But I was at a I was at a Sango concert and randomly danced and party by myself and met a girl. And so we hang out every time, you know, every once in a while. Mm -hmm. So it's possible to meet people. It's just. We're at that age where people have lives and kids and their mm -hmm. own priorities. So it's not easy like college or when you're at home and you have set friends who you can do set things with. Right, right. Um, so it's okay. I've met a couple people. I actually went to 
um, a random meeting. It was a meeting for um, the LGBT community, but on the Instagram, which was like a bunch of cool look- looking people. Mm-hmm. So I went to one of their events um, and met some girls there. So I've met I've met a lot of cool people. Um, it's just about having the time to work those relations relationships out. Make them right. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find your you know your your crew your group. Yeah, of people my tribe. Out. Yeah, it just yeah. will take time. But I feel like since especially since you're you seem to be putting forth so much effort, I'm sure you'll find it eventually. Yeah. Do Everything you happens as it's supposed to. How? Yeah, as it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, do you do you try to link up with any Americans or any Black Americans there? I don't know if you come across them often in your day-to-day comings and goings. But. Um, at, at one of the LGBTQ meetings, I met a Black girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, we keep saying the same thing. Oh, we're going to link up. We're going to do it. And then we get busy and we don't. <laughs> um, and I actually am a part of like a Facebook group that's like African or uh, people of color, American expats, and okay. so I they're here, but we haven't done any, anything like gone to any events or done anything like that. Yeah, um, there's all these apps where you can meet people and do things like that. And so I'm kind of like anti-internet and anti like social media kind of <laughs> for real, actually all the way. <laughs> um, try to. I just want to meet people like the old school way, but that's just not mm-hmm. the reality of our world anymore. Yeah, so you have to get on apps to meet people. Like that's crazy. It's like from like some for real Black Mirror stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, you watch Black Mirror? I love Black no, I'm Mirror. I'm a fan. I use well. I love it, even though it stresses me out. If that yeah. makes sense, girl, because it's real. That's how the world's gonna be. Exactly. You're gonna all die, robots. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um, do you uh I'm sure you keep in touch with your family still, right? Do you like how do you how do you keep up with them? Yeah, girl, text message. Yeah, okay. Calling them every once in a while. My boyfriend is here now. He just moved out here to start school himself. So I have like family here. Oh nice. Yeah. Um as well. No, he's like an art design. I was waiting for him to correct me, but it's oh. like, <laughs> that's the quick answer. Okay. But, so you're both artists. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. And we're really good friends. So we like go to events and do things. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not completely by myself. Yeah. That's know? good. I'm glad. Yeah, with family, it's like text messaging or FaceTiming or WhatsApping. Just real quick. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you you don't speak to each other for a long time about anything substantial so that when you do speak, you don't have time to really talk. So mm-hmm. you're just like, hey, how's it going? You're good. I'm good. All right, bye. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll get on the phone with my mom for two hours and then <laughs> talk about everything under the sun. And then we won't talk, you know, in depth for two months. Yeah. Especially with the time difference, and time difference is a big deal. Oh, that's right, because you're five hours, five hours ahead, right? Yeah, yeah. But my mom's in California, so I'm. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. So you're like what, eight, eight hours? hours? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that is a right. difference. <laughs> yeah, girl, it's difficult. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to know you're not like alone. I I can understand the frustrations of trying to 
meet new people, make new friends, but you're yeah, not completely alone. You, so. like, it's, it's such a specific experience to be African-American. And I mm-hmm. realized that, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to London and I meet new people. And I just tired of Americans. I'm going to do something different. And I miss black Americans so much. Mm-hmm. I miss, it's just uh, an experience that we are familiar with slang and talking freely. Mm-hmm. Um, girl, my classmates wanted to go to karaoke and I was like, I'm not going to karaoke with y'all. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to have the conversation. <laughs> I'm just not going to go. We can go to the bar. Even at the bar, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> you know? You go through all the typical black people stuff. So when I first got here, I was just, it was really hard and was mm-hmm. really hard. Very frustrating, mm-hmm. trying to figure out whether to go, you know, be a hood girl or be classy or tell somebody off and or not. Like it's mm-hmm. obviously all of those same things that you grow up dealing with, but now just restarting it completely. Yeah. Um, but as time has gone on, we've all grown familiar with each other and it's, it's gotten better. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, um... Cause you, well, I don't know. Do you still dance? No. Oh, okay. Start dancing. I have huh? that on my like list to do. Start. <laughs> and there's actually a dance studio right next door to my school. Mm-hmm. I just need to start. It's one of the things where I haven't done it in so long, so I think I'm intimidated by starting. Yeah. Especially having yeah. been good and understanding and picking up on things quickly. And now it's like, oh my god, god, I'm gonna go in there and be so slow. Mm-hmm. So taking the time and the energy and the money and, and the the will to do it, I've been I've been procrastinating, but I want to yeah. start. Well, uh, I only bring it up because I wanted to ask if it's um, if it's um, I don't want to say. I guess how different is it uh, being engaged as a dancer? You know, the type of artist you were trying to be in LA versus the type of artist you're trying to be now working in film. Um, is, has that been a difficult transition or is it, is it different? Are they like two completely different worlds for you? Like, how do you navigate that? They are different worlds. Um, I'm, I'm an overall expressive person, Mm -hmm. um, visually expressive. And then also through my body, I'm very expressive. Mm -hmm. And now I'm having to communicate my emotions, um, through words solely mm-hmm. um, to people who either A, don't speak English barely at all because it's such an international school, mm-hmm. or to people who don't understand my experience or where I'm from. Yeah. And so trying to communicate and my experience and my feelings and my emotions is hard. Mm. Um, and I had this idea. I was like, "Oh, this is going to be cool! Like, it's a, it's an independent, like, indie uh, film school." So I thought everybody was going to look super cool with their hair green and cut and like <laughs> super artsy. I was like, ready to walk into that, and everyone's just kind of like regular. Uh, yeah. So I was like, at least hoping that I could, I could connect with people through art and wanting to be creative. And a lot of people are interested in like narratives which mm-hmm. is fine, but it's like domestic narratives, like family divorce and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to do like out of the box, crazy stuff. 
Um, so it is, it's completely two different worlds. And I've been wanting to go back to dancing so I can at least have that outlet that way. So when I do go into school, I'm not frustrated with my classmates or even with myself for not being able to express myself yeah. um, in a way that needs, it needs to be expressed, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's completely two different worlds. These are people who tell you how to feel and tell you how to emote and expect you to emote, whereas dancing, you're actually emoting, you're doing mm-hmm. the emoting. Um, but it's cool for me because as a learning how to be a director um, and coming from acting, I understand how to direct actors in ways that some may not be able to because right. they, they haven't performed. Mm-hmm. So there's there are some connections, but you have to work to find them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And um, you you said that initially you were not trying to go back to school again, and now you're in grad school. How? I mean, I guess it's I guess being in film school is different from like being in grad school in a different discipline because you're not. It seems I'm assuming, fun, huh? You're playing the whole time, right? You're I mean, learning, but then you also get to get hands on and touch cameras. And mm-hmm. if I wanted to make a a film about. I don't know anything I could do it. Yeah. You know, so that it kind of makes it fun that way. Right. Okay. So there's more like freedom to like experiment. It's not, it's not like as um, overbearing as the idea of going back to school seems like. Yeah. I think that's what, that's why I got there. Mm -hmm. Undergrad, I played it safe because of the recession. You're supposed to play it safe. I wanted Mm -hmm. to actually go to arts college. So my mom was in support of it for credit for that because most parents were like no you need to go and do a practical job yeah and mm-hmm. so i did a practical <laughs> thing and i just was like i'm done being practical because someone else told me to be practical mm-hmm. so i was like right. if i'm going back to college i'd be damned if i go back for anything i don't want to i at least want to go back for something creative yeah and so that kind of helped the push that's good yeah that is really good um so going forward, like, um, do you have any, well, okay, for this, let's just start with the summer. Do you have any plans for the summer? Girl, trying to find a job or an internship. Mm-hmm. I really love uh, Vice. I know, you, I'm sure you know Vice. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I really want to work for Vice. Um, but right now I'm in the process of, process of editing my end of term film. So applying for internships has something I, is something that I haven't done. Yeah. Um, but I hope to be either um, working, gaining some money, mm-hmm. or gaining some experience through, you know, an internship or something like that. Okay. Um, one of my professors has connections on different sets and things like that. So I've been trying to talk to him about him putting me on some set doing something. Mm. So that's the plan. Yeah. Well, I hope you find something, you know. Girl, me too. And if not, then I, I need to press myself to create my own project. So that's yeah. what I'll do. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I'm traveling. So I'm oh, yeah. Traveling. That's what I was going to ask next, if you had any travel plans. Since you're in the UK. It's- yeah. Um, me and my boyfriend are going to Afropunk in July. I'm trying okay. to go to every Afropunk there is. Cause I the one in like Paris, it. right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you can tell me some places to go. I can try, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to Paris in July, mm-hmm. and then um, in September I'm going to Croatia and Italy with some friends from home. Ooh, yeah. 
Some, I, what I said I was going to do was this summer was try to travel like every single, I wanted to go like on a road trip around Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way my, my wallet set up, <laughs> can't really do that. So, um, You're still going to go some places though. So that'll be, yeah. have you been to any of those France, Croatia, Italy, any of those places before? Never, okay. never. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be really fun. Yeah. I mean, Croatia, it's like the water, right? So I'm just excited Mm -hmm. to be in nature and swim and go crazy. Yeah. And then I hear Italy is like full of romance and good food and beautiful architecture. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to, you know, have the chance to to grow because I feel like traveling grows you. So I'm excited to experience you know, the way other people live and what their lives look like. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy to like be from somewhere specific and then go to another world and meet people and their life is just completely different from you. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like I have no idea what it's like to live in your world and yet you're living it. Right. Yeah. You know, like that's amazing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, for sure. Because you, you just become aware of, the fact that there are just so many different ways to live yeah. a life, you know? Yeah. And it can vary drastically depending on where you are. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely felt that before. Yeah. But, um, okay, so I think that's all that I have for you. Oh, wait, no. Um, thinking of your journey so, so far, mm-hmm. do you have any advice for people who want to be artists, people who think of going to grad school, people who want to travel, just like anything in your life that you think is the most relative or sorry, relevant advice you could give at this point. What would you say that is? Um, I would say do things that make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, do things that make you completely vulnerable because it'll mm-hmm. suck in the midst of it, but you'll learn so much about yourself and, and life around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm completely vulnerable. Like I'm, no one understands where I'm from and I'm also in a medium that I have never ever thought about touching before. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like a fish out of water, like I have no idea. And I'm extremely vulnerable and the people's perception of me is different from what I'm used to because I don't know anything and it's so hard, but it's yeah. so much room for growth. Um, so put yourself in uncomfortable situations, um, be vulnerable, um, and then also be open. Girl, I got a lot, be open. That's okay, to- I got time. Okay, <laughs> uh, be open to everything. Um, change your rhetoric about what you say because I hate this, I don't like this, this is bad, this is bad. Well, then, of course, it's bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, one thing that I had to teach myself is stop fighting, stop fighting what's happening mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. I used to, I fought, I fought L.A. so much. Like, I hate L.A. L.A. is so superficial. I was constantly blocking what L.A., I thought L.A. was. Mm-hmm. And I, it restricted what was coming to me. Yeah. Um, so I would say just really be open and be vulnerable. I got some more, but I can't think of nothing else. Okay. No, that's plenty. That, that's plenty. <laughs>
Thank you for that. And I know um, uh, it's and it's okay if you don't want to answer this question, but I know you said you don't come from money, but you still managed to find your way in grad school in another country. You know, yeah. do you wow. have any tips for like getting funding or anything of the sort? Um, I'll answer it because it's it's no surprise or no secret for me. Mm-hmm. Um, loans. Yeah. People people are afraid of loans and I understand. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm not afraid of loans. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of I'm in a position where I feel like it's inevitable. So I would rather have loans and experience life than not do things because of loans. Right. Um I should have and wish I would have applied for scholarships. I wish I was that person to be on top of it that way. I just am not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need to become that person because <laughs> these loans are going to come back and bite me in my ass. But mm-hmm. uh, loans. Yeah. Loans, loans, loans. Uh, I wish I could say save. I ain't saved nothing. <laughs> uh, I did, I did, I did uh, do a GoFundMe. So I guess use your resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I also just mean also being in doing the GoFundMe, I was telling people what I wanted and what Mm -hmm. I was trying to do. And I think you'll be surprised to how many people are willing to help you and believe in you. Yeah. Um, So I did a GoFundMe and I did loans. And I took out whatever loan I needed to, to be here. Yeah. So literally that's it. Yeah. I didn't, my dad was able to help me with my visa. It was really expensive. People kept saying it was expensive expensive, and I'm like, oh yeah, sure it's expensive, but it was extremely expensive. Mm. Um, but loans and yeah. and GoFundMe. Literally the only two things that got me here. Yeah. Well, I mean you're making it work, you know. God. So Jesus. <laughs> Number one, Jesus. Amen. Tell <laughs> him that my faith. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let me stop. For real, Jesus. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thank you for being honest. I know money can be a sensitive issue. Um, when you ain't got none, it ain't sensitive at right? all. <laughs> <laughs> You're on poor. I'm broke. I ain't broke before. Again, change your rhetoric, girl. Right. I'm ri- I'm but you're still living. Okay. You might not have a whole lot, but you're still living and you're still yeah. doing what you want to do, you know? Yeah. I keep, I, I'm joking about it, but really, God really gave it to me. It, mm-hmm. I really, it's crazy how it all worked out because it's like, I don't have any money and how am I going to get the money? I just kept saying, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, changed my rhetoric and really was relying on God and did what I could have done. Mm-hmm. And it happened. And I ultimately believe that if something's for you, it'll work out. You just have to do all the work yeah, to make sure you're doing your part. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tried to do here. Well, I mean, it looks like you're doing it so far. So Listen, far, so good. Right? <laughs> Pray for me. Pray for me. will come back all right. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right, Hope. Well, last but not least, I just want to ask if, uh, well, I know you said you're like anti-internet, but if there's anywhere that you would like people to find you on the internet or any projects you want people to know about, feel free to plug away. This is your time yeah, to sure. check yourself out. Um, 
I just got off Instagram and came back on because I was anti. But mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram. I think it's, I think it is. I know what it is. It's <laughs> Detroit's Hope. Mm-hmm. Possessive Detroit's Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm working on my uh, in the term project that's about cultural and racial appropriation of black people through mm. the topic of cannibalism. Oh, um, yeah. So that uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> consumption. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. literally, literal consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that's done, I'm going to force myself to put it out. Um, and then I'll probably attach it in my Instagram, um, my page or on my Facebook page. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks yeah, love. sounds cool. <laughs> Give me your honest feedback. If it's crap, say, girl, this is crap. Okay. <laughs> I would rather you do that than say, oh, my God, this was so um, interesting. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be crap, but I'll I'll try to give you honest feedback. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank, well, thank you, you so, so much. much. Yeah, I know it's late. It's like, oh, it's 10 o'clock. Ooh, it's 10 o'clock over there. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your night and have a lovely weekend. And um, I just, I really appreciate you and everything you had to say today. It's Thank really you. Great. It was so much fun. All right. Well, you have a good night. Okay, Hope. All right. You too, boo. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye, girl. <laughs>Thanks to Hope for being such a wonderful guest. Um, If you check out Hope's Instagram, you'll see that she was in Paris during one of the most insanely jubilant weekends that Paris has had in quite a while, probably. Um, She went for Afropunk, which is an international black music and culture festival. Um, That weekend was also uh, the weekend of July 14th, which is Bastille Day, um, France's Independence Day. And uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z were also in town that weekend for On The Run 2 tour. And in that same weekend, um, (laughs) uh, France won the 2018 World Cup. So Hope was there for all the celebration and energy and joy and madness and everything else that was going on during that short span of time. Um, So Hope, I hope you had a fantastic time. From what I can tell, you certainly did. Um, (laughs) So... Um, glad you had that experience and I hope that the rest of your plans and expectations for the summer are going well. Um, for the rest of you listening, uh, don't forget to follow this podcast at Young Gifted and Abroad on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, if you have questions or comments to share, or if you yourself would like to be a guest on this podcast, then feel free to email me at younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. So next week, I have another friend of mine who uh, calls herself a social justice educator. Um, So she's a phenomenal, phenomenal teacher of youth in Detroit. And um, she's also the founder of Wanderlust Revolution, which is a blog slash uh, travel information and advocacy website. Um, She is very passionate about making um, black people, young black people in particular, uh, more aware of their options as it comes to international travel. Um, as you can see, we have a lot in common. <laughs> um, but she's going to talk about you know her study abroad experiences and um, her travels and all the good things she's doing with Wanderlust Revolution and um, in and outside of the classroom. 
with her with her students so you'll hear all about that next week but until then thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time